Uh, yeah, I just I just got that. You want to put that in uh, follow up at all? Oh, it's in there. It is. It is now. Really? Do you not see Did it? I in- just I just edited the wrong freaking <laughs> uh, notes. <laughs> Steve. And I'm Zach, and this is Fireside Swift. How's it going, Zach? It's going pretty well. Um, I'm feeling exhausted, but I kind of feel like I feel exhausted a lot, so maybe I should just get used to it by now. <laughs> um, but I've done I've done some really cool things over the past week, so it's one of those weeks where it's worth being exhausted. I actually, uh, yeah. someone wrote in um, not that long ago, and they, they asked if we could look at some code, and I actually did last night, and that was, that was kind of interesting, oh, nice. do, doing a code review. Uh, for a listener um and you nice. know it's one of those things you can learn so much about yourself doing a code review for someone else mm-hmm. um and i actually feel like i got a lot out of it so you know thank you for allowing me to do that you know who you are <laughs> <laughs> i think i know who you're talking about and what's mm-hmm. funny is like i started digging into that code too and i just uh like normal when i get started on something <laughs> Something else gets in the way. Right. Somebody asks me a question or, you know, something comes up and I will totally forget I was doing that other thing because it's not on like my, a Trello board or Jira or something like that. <laughs> right. And I will forget. Yeah, I'll just, I won't come back to it. So yep. I, think it wasn't in, in the middle, I think I'm in the middle of a code review right now. And I haven't, it, I haven't it wasn't in your documented life and therefore it yep. does not exist. Yep. And no one's bugging me about it <laughs> daily. So sure. Yeah. So I, I hope I gave some good advice. Um, this good. is kind of like my first off-the-cuff code review to do. So nice. we'll, we'll see how it goes. Nice, nice. Yep. Yeah, I, I too am rather exhausted. So I hope <laughs> the fact that both of us are tired uh, doesn't ruin this show. Um, but yeah, I was uh, at an all-day uh, coding thing. Or uh, not coding thing. Um mentorship code i guess it was a coding thing um <laughs> you, are tired. Tired. you are tired you are tired what did we do thing. yesterday yeah. yeah it was the hustle and code thing that we've been talking about on the show right uh so that happened it was a lot of fun uh definitely check it out uh i'm sure they're gonna be doing it again next year so if you happen to be in the la area uh it's very cool it was a lot of fun so mm-hmm. definitely i'm doing i'm gonna definitely do it again so hopefully uh, you get to do it too so that's my awesome there. yep yeah. i love hearing that it went well yeah, yeah. Before we get too deep into our episode today, let's talk about our our sponsor, Sentry. Uh, Sentry is an open source framework that helps you determine if your code crashes, whether that's on your iOS app, your Android app, your web app. And it'll also provide stack traces that help you dive down deep to see where in your code the crash occurred. Uh, because honestly... We all write bugs in our code, right, Zach? Oh, for sure. And um, even when you go in and you fix the bugs you wrote the first time around, um, you you could very well write more bugs. Like you could fix one bug and introduce two bugs, right? You <laughs> right, you yeah. get you get a, a stack trace from Sentry saying, "Oh, by the way, your file or your app crashed at this line in this file." You go and you fix it, and all of a sudden you get two new stack traces saying, "By the way, also fix these," right? Yeah. Yeah, that that definitely <laughs> happens. Um, and this 
also works if you're using, uh, let's say you're using React Native, right? Sentry uh, has industry-leading React Native support. So before, if you were having trouble understanding where your crashes were occurring when you're using your React Native, you know, using React Native to build your apps, uh, use Sentry. Give it a try. See if it's better for you. Uh, it's free to start. And they have all sorts of premium plugins and other features that if you want to, you can dive into. Mm-hmm. And if you do, uh, use our promo code, Fireside Swift, all one word, no space or anything, just Fireside Swift. Uh, that'll get you $100 credit on a, a new account uh, when you want to dive into that, that uh, you know, the more premium features. Yes. So, you know, everybody go, go to Sentry.io, look at what they can provide for you, um, check it out. And if you do want to, you know, get your premium features, use Fireside Swift. Thank you, Sentry, for sponsoring Fireside Swift. We got some follow-up last week. Um, you know, we always love getting follow-up. And, you know, there's a piece of this follow-up in particular that I really enjoyed getting. And it was from Nick Korn. It's like uh, we feel like we have another saga happening here, as as we do from time to time. Um, you know, this we're going back to we're going back and forth on on registering and unregistering in notification yeah, center. This, this this is three weeks now, right? Because uh, yes, we mentioned something uh, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. August, yeah, and so and then Nick uh, came back and said, "Hey, just you know, just to let you know, you don't have to unregister from the notification center." Uh, anymore and um or at least if you're using the the selector type mm-hmm. uh you know observers yes and uh, we came back and said well we're, we're not really sure about that didn't get time to really look into it but uh you know uh you know david chimed in and was like you know it's always safe to unregister and then nick was like yeah you're right it's always safe to unregister but like here's a link that <laughs> to a read post. the doc read this documentation yeah yeah, that says since uh, iOS nine, you don't have to uh, unregister, and that kind of made me a little embarrassed. But um, wait, okay, yeah. why? Why does it make you embarrassed? Are you, are you expected? I, you're, are you expected to know everything? No, but I feel okay. like I mean iOS nine. That's that's. I mean, that's a while ago. But uh, th- that being said, this is like if you supported older than iOS nine, you still had to unregister. So it's True. like it was. Uh, as soon as you upped your um, minimum target to a iOS nine and above, that's when you could just you know not have to unregister. And uh, again, I I think uh, really I've been using the uh, closure based style of the observers uh, in the notification center since iOS nine, I think. And so um, because I've been trying to go all Swifty, and I feel like closures are more Swifty, <laughs> right? Um, even though they were around sort of with Objective-C, I think. Um, but uh, anyways, um, because of that, I you with if you use closures, you definitely have to unregister. And not only that, you have to specifically remember the handle that uh, is returned <laughs> when you register the observer and mm-hmm. unregister that. So uh, it just it hasn't been on my mind. So um, yeah, but thanks, Nick. Really appreciate the uh, documentation. Oh, and I, I th- thank you, Nick, for like not giving up and being like, no, yeah. look, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't let us uh, talk you down. That's that's yeah, great. Uh, exactly. Really, really don't appreciate don't it. let us off the hook. Yeah, and we're uh, we're gonna put that in the show notes. So if mm-hmm. you're curious about it, it's from useyourloaf.com. Yep. Uh, great name for a website. I should <laughs> check that out more. But uh, yes. yeah, go check that out if you're curious yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also heard from uh, Patricio Guzman. Um, 
said recently I started listening to Fireside Swift podcasts and that he's been having so much fun. He's going to start listening from episode zero. So is zero that is what he is, said. It, uh, now, there's two things that I'm thinking about here. It's like either he's listening to before we um, we started recording. Mm-hmm. So do we have any recordings of before we started fires? We did do that episode before we actually it wasn't an <laughs> yes. episode, but like you and I talked for three hours the week before we decided to record our first episode. Right. There was uh, the, maybe, the unreleased yeah, lost maybe, episode. <laughs> maybe he got a copy of that, even though we didn't record. We did record it though, actually. We yeah, did. we did. Um, mm. So so there is a recording floating around. We did not make it public. So uh, to, today I learned to that. Yeah, today I learned Patricio <laughs> Guzman is a hacker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's either that or uh, he's thinking at the start of the array, uh, you know, episode <laughs> zero, which, you know, that 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 could fall, although it's the wrong syntax uh, in the tweet. So I think <laughs> you would need to have brackets around the zero. Um, wow. Because we, we labeled our episode, episode one, as the first one. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Right. <laughs> so, so I'm not sure where you're coming from there. I, I want to hear so what much. was in episode zero. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, that's what I want to know. Uh, I think that'll that'll solve a bunch of mysteries. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, thank you so much for, uh, for checking it out. Uh, thank you. For listening to us, and I uh, hope you enjoyed it all. Uh, sorry for the audio quality earlier. I, <laughs> uh, I really you will, feel bad. You will forever apologize up until we go back and record each of those episodes word for word yeah. With, yeah. Our, with our new equipment. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's not going to happen, but yeah. <laughs> I can no. remaster them. I'm not going to, but I, I'm, I can remaster them. <laughs> the possibility exists. Yeah, I just, yeah it could happen. <laughs> uh, okay, so, uh, wow, look. Is this Leventi Dimini? I would say Leventi Dimini. Leventi Dimini? Okay. Um, so, <laughs> But I like hearing they, your, your pronunciation. Leventi Dimini. Yeah, that one. <laughs> uh, they, they said uh, they're a long-time listener. Thanks for listening. Um, and uh, they just suggested the topic of protocol, protocol-oriented programming. Um, and, you know, Zach and I were talking about this before we started recording uh today and we were like didn't we talk about that and we realized we we talked about protocols but i don't think we did an episode on just protocol oriented programming right zach um i'm not sure we'd have to go back and listen so protocols was episode two um this is one of this is one of those like really up for uh up for re-recording type yeah. topics because i'm i'm sure that it was uh, like you said audio quality not the best mm-hmm. yeah. um and just content is would probably be better now than it was then on episode two. Mm-hmm. Uh, now yep. that I've had more time to actually learn Swift, and now that I have a job where I'm writing Swift and, <laughs> and I'm interacting with protocols more and more often, when I when yep. we recorded episode two, protocols were still fairly new to me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. So it would be interesting to go back and do that one again. Yeah, and um, I remember back then, I remember trying to do protocol-oriented programming, and since then, I've tried to do more protocol-oriented programming, and I still get frustrated with (laughs) protocol-oriented programming. So, uh, yeah, we could definitely talk about that and talk about my frustrations with it, Um, but uh, I still try to do it because... uh, Man, it does make your life easier if you want to do testing. So yep. there we go. Uh, <laughs> so we'll, we'll add that to our short list and uh, try to get to that soon. Exactly. Um, we also heard from our buddy Code Derek D on Twitter. Uh, he said, at some point, you guys will have to pull together some of your favorite Swift resources that you've learned from in one definitive collection. 
That's going to be a big collection. That's, that's a <laughs> large collection. Yeah, although there are yeah there there's some quick favorites that I could think of like Big Nerd Ranch, mm-hmm. uh, hacking, hacking with Swift, Swift, Swift by Sundell. Yep. Um, yeah, so I, I'm sure like those will just be at the top, and we'll, we'll have to yeah to make it a definitive collection. We'll have to go back and <laughs> look at our show notes and see yep. what which ones we uh, yep. we added there. So we can well, talk and about. also you know if you if you like watching stuff on YouTube, I would suggest Sean Allen's stuff. Oh, Sean Allen, uh, yep, obviously. Yeah, yeah I, I've watched a lot of his, and he uh, so he's coming out with he has iOS dev discussions. He kind of turned his YouTube show into a podcast type format, mm-hmm. um, but I think he's also kind of revamping it a little in the future. So I'm interested to see what what's going to happen there. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so I mean that might be a fun topic to to pick on. Uh, you know, when we're coming towards the end of the year, we're getting really busy and we can't do a whole lot of research. Um, but we can talk about stuff we love. So that yep. you might see that on the near horizon. Yes. So yeah. <laughs> All right. So Zach, um, Steve. Yeah. Do you like um, to hold on to things that you love? Yes, and I'm, I'm I say that hesitantly. Like I, don't, I have no hesitation <laughs> into holding on to what I love. I I have a hesitation yeah. in, in trying to figure out where you're trying to lead me. Yeah. So if you were to like, I don't know. Let's let's say you love baseball cards, right? Okay. Yep. And uh, you put them like you just you didn't want to lose them. It's uh, mm-hmm. and, and uh, you're proud of this uh, collection of oh I use the word dang it oh no you <laughs> failed I was really trying to talk around it but it's really you hard to fail. say not yeah not say collection a um, group of baseball cards in a, a binder group. yeah yeah so and you wanted to to look at them uh, what would you call that <laughs> <laughs> I would I would say I would be viewing a collection. Yeah, and I mean, if 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 we were together, you and I would be viewing a collection, <laughs> viewing the collection as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yes, we're going to be talking about UI collection view. <laughs> I like the you and I part. Yeah, um, man, I was trying so hard. It's uh, you guys don't realize how hard I try week in and week out uh, to do these intros. And um, <laughs> well, I guess I don't I was, even realize how hard I, you try. I know Zach doesn't give me credit. Uh, no. Last week, uh, wait, David, this is you David, trying hard. This is me trying hard. This is Oof. it. Um, <laughs> we're we're sixty three episodes in. I know. I feel like I've been perfect for sixty two episodes. And is, is that what you think? Is yep, that what you? No, okay, perfect. Like, mm. Absolutely perfect. That um, that kind of hurts my heart a little to hear. That. I know. I know. It was like a a sixty two streak, uh, sixty two episode streak. Sure. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Now, Aaron Rodgers threw uh, an interception today and was like 400-something passes <laughs> you, without an you interception. Are, you are and the this, Aaron Rodgers of this, Swift this, segues. This, this felt like an interception, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm sorry to, to all was, my adoring fans out it there. It was an interception, and you also tore your ACL. Like, yep. it, was that, it was that bad. Well, hopefully I'm not out for half a season or a whole <laughs> season there. Um Anyways, <laughs> on to UI Collection View. So, Zach, what is UI Collection View? Uh, well, the documents define a UI Collection View as an object that manages an ordered collection of data object or data items and presents them using customizable layouts. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this the first half of that, an object that manages an ordered collection of data items, that sounds mm-hmm. familiar. Yeah, it right? does. Yeah. Uh, it, it sounds like uh, something we've done with tables before, like a UI table view. 
Exactly. Exactly. I was really, I was worried you were going to try to do another segue. I was, I was um, thinking about it. I was like, maybe oh. I, I can redeem myself. And <laughs> I realized how tired I am and I figured I'd probably fail even worse. So that would have been, that would have been yeah. scary. So I'm, I'm no glad you did. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, so yeah, no, uh, we talked about, yeah. we talked about table views in episode 31. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, this is, this is similar. Uh, the last yeah. part presents them using customizable layouts. That's kind of where it gets a little different. Yeah, yeah. So what kind of customizable layouts are we talking about here? Um well, wait. So ex- explain yourself. What do you mean by customizable layouts? Like are you, that's, we're, that's 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 what I'm asking you. Right. Okay. What do so, you mean by uh, customizable layouts? <laughs> right. So in a table view, you know, a table view, most table views look the same, right? You have mm-hmm. rows of cells one on top of the other and you can manipulate those cells, tap the cells, do everything you want with them, right? Mm-hmm. But in general, table views look the same. They behave yeah. the same, right? Well, they and yeah, they only scroll vertically. Yes. Um, you and you have uh, sections and then rows within each section. That's essentially yes. what a table view is, and it just goes up and down. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas uh, collection view can go uh, horizontal as well. Yes. So yep. you can go up side and down, side. left and right. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could yeah have um. You could adjust the number of cells in each row or column. And so you could mm-hmm. have any number of columns, any number of rows, and you define what that could be. Or you could let it grow based on the data. So Exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so, you know, you've got your data, and it's organized into kind of individual items. And uh, you can actually have those items grouped into sections if you want within the collection view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to think of when I've seen that. I can't uh, think of an app on top of my head. Can you well, think about one? think about the photos app, right? Mm-hmm. By date, you have. Oh, yep, there you go. Yeah, you have it like sections by date. Yep, that makes so, sense. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then in within each section, you've got cells, and you've got you know oh, how many does the I'm going to look at it right now. Keep talking. <laughs> okay, um, four. So it's got it's got four. four. Wow, that was quick. And yeah, and then any number of rows, and so it's like you're you're at least on my my phone, I've got four four columns, and then mm-hmm. you know any number of rows that uh, you know fill in for the rest of the the data that I have, mm-hmm. photos yep. that I have. And so you know each each of those items is the smallest unit of data you want to represent, right? Like so, a photo that's a, as as small as you can make it. Um, and now this, there's a term I hadn't heard up until I went back to school. Uh, for this, it's called atomic. Like you can't break it down anymore. Um, and does this go nuclear if you happen to split one of these photos? Uh, tr- try it right now. See if you can split one of your photos, and we'll let's see what happens. Uh, it seems to be taking a lot of energy, mm-hmm. and I don't know if I have enough energy to do this. Just just plug your phone in; it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it hasn't exploded yet. We're good. So yeah, uh, if anybody comes across, and I'm I'm bringing this term up again because I hadn't heard it until grad school, and so I just want to <laughs> kind of get the word out. Uh, if you hear <laughs> atomic, it just yeah basically means that you cannot make it any smaller than it already is. Okay. Um, I've heard of with- Atomic in a different way, too, but, you know, we could talk about that uh, another time. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. Uh, so, in your UI collection view, you can also have things like headers and footers um, as well, and that'll kind of give it a, a general flow. So, you've got, you know, like your section header and your section footer. Yep. Yep. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, you know, now that we kind of know, you know, what a collection view is, we've seen it before, how do we use it? 
Uh, yeah. So, again, going back to you know being like a table view, a UI collection view also has a data source. Okay. Right? And this data source will adhere to the UI collection view data source protocol. Well, there's that protocol word again. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting, right? It seems to yeah. pop up a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and this, this is so important that the docs themselves say that your app's main job is managing the data associated with the UI collection view via its data source, right? So the Apple documentation kind of goes as far as to say as the data source is the most important part of your UI collection view. Um, you know, I'm sure you can kind of debate that one way or the other. Like if you have a terrible design, it doesn't really matter what your data source is doing. Uh, (laughs) But, well, okay, now we're, we're, we're uh, arguing over form over function, right? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> so just just to put it out there, just, you know, I wanted to say, like, that's, that's from Apple's point of view, the data source is extremely important, right? Is that Apple's point of view or just the guy who wrote the documentation? And probably the, I'm thinking at least three people who read it, at least. <laughs> All right. Right, um, before, before yeah. it was officially published. Yeah. All right, so just like a table view... Uh, mm-hmm. You have to implement uh, two methods for collection views in the, the data source, right? Um, yes. You have to specify the number of uh, things in a section, mm-hmm. and you also need to provide a cell for a particular index path, right? Correct. Right. Like that's that's how your your data shows up on the screen <laughs> yeah yeah so it's very similar to table view there mm-hmm. uh, and so but but it's it's got a it's got different names so what are those zach um so the first would be collection view number of items in section okay and uh the second is collection view cell for item at okay all right mm-hmm. now when i'm thinking of yeah we, we talked about the differences between table view and collection view and how there's, uh, you know, a table view, you got rows, but in a collection <laughs> view, you have rows and columns. Yes. Um, is this where I specify, like, what column a particular cell goes? Like, is can I find that through the index path? So your your data source shouldn't have that, right? Like, your data source is, you know, its index path is going to be just like the index path that you have for a table view. Um, and I think... The way uh, you know, what, the, what do you what do you mean by that? It's going to have the same index path. Like okay, so so an, an index path in the table view has a a row and a section essentially, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for your collection view, it will also have a row and a section. Like it won't have row section column. Like it won't okay. have this extra added bit of data just because it's uh, conforming to a table view, right? Gotcha. Or sorry, collection view. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and now I th- how I think it gets broken down is, like, say you have a data source that has four items in its index, or four items in its array, right? Okay. Um, and say you have three columns on your screen, right? Okay. Uh, so to get that uh, first item in that second uh, row, mm-hmm. I think that's going to be your fourth item in your array, Right, like okay, gotcha. Like section, section zero, row three, because yes, it, or yeah, item number three, because it's uh, it just started at zero, so right? Zero indexing, okay, right. So sense. I think that that's how your layout happens, right? Like that's how you can use the sense. same index path, but have uh, rows and columns as opposed to just rows. 
Okay. Yeah, it's it's been a while since I've done this, so it's confusing to me. <laughs> but I do rem- <laughs> I do remember that, um, and I think we're going to talk about a little later where you set the number of columns and, and whatnot, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Right. All right. Cool. Uh, so number of items in section, just like a table view, uh, would return the number of items in a given section. Uh, cell for item at will return the cell for the item in question. So like you you could think like in your view area right like in the view layer of your app these are the yep. uh cells and sections kind of being sorted out yeah like in uh, a ui table view uh when we're returning the cell for the the row uh, you know we actually create a ui table view cell and re- return that uh, mm-hmm. we're doing the same thing here but for a ui collection view cell correct Um, so now you have other options for this data source protocol. Uh, they don't need to be, or sorry, other functions for this data view. Uh, wow. I cannot talk tonight. Other (laughs) functions for this, uh, collection view protocol. (laughs) I think, I think you're a bad influence on me. Um, I try to be, but they don't need to be implemented. They're optional. Uh, some of them worth mentioning though, are, um, collection view. Can you move item at, and collection view move item at right so the first one okay. will tell the app you know whether a cell can be moved and the mm-hmm. latter will tell your data source to actually do the moving okay um cool. another one is index titles four and this returns an ar- array an optional array of strings okay uh and so these would be the titles for each index um and it's kind of how you support fast scrolling right so the titles would show up in what's called an index view, and you can jump to specific locations of your collection view when it's tapped. So this um, is like um, in contacts when it's got like A, B, C, D, E on the side. You know, like so the here's the thing. I, bu- I believe so. I believe okay. so. I have not come across the term index view before. Um, if anybody has out there, please let me know. Uh, but this is what I'm – given contextual clues <laughs> – <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going off context here. I'm, that's what I believe it to be. Yeah, I, I've never used an index view as well. So uh, if that is like the alphabetical thing, that that'd be great because you know I've I've had people ask for that, and I just it's never been an important enough <laughs> in a in a feature request that I've ever done it. <laughs> so uh, sure. yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, if that's if that's actually part of that. I would love to implement that. Yep. Um, so now if you do implement index titles for, you also have to implement uh, collection view index path for index title at. Um, yeah, that's a mouthful. Yeah, right? Because that <laughs> gives you the collection view item associated with a title. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> All right. So uh, just like a UI table view is filled with... Uh, UI table view cells uh, are collection views filled with UI collection view cells. Yes. Yep. And okay. again, just like table view cells, you're going to have to give your collection view cells a reuse identifier and call uh, DQ reuse reusable cell with identifier for to actually retrieve a cell. So I, I want to highlight this uh, because this is something that uh, Android did pretty poorly for a very long time. And to this day, it's uh, it's not like a super ingrained thing in the Android world. Um, uh, Android has something called a recycler view. And um, you actually have to add it separately. It's not part of the core library for Android. 
And so it's just really interesting to think about, like, this is one of the things that Apple has done well for quite a long time, <laughs> where uh, the idea that a cell can be reused and, you know, once it goes off the screen, it's going to be taken and used for the bottom of the screen as you're scrolling. So you get that, you know, super nice looking 60 frames per second uh, table views. And of course, you can do a lot of things to screw that up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh if you're doing things the Apple way with, uh, you know, using reuse identifiers, uh, or sorry, yeah, DQ, no, yeah, reuse identifiers, <laughs> uh, and using the DQ uh, reusable cell with your either collection view or table view, um, this is a really great piece of technology that uh, we get from Apple for free that mm-hmm. to us is something that, you know, we shrug and go, that's just how you use these things. <laughs> right. But then you go to other platforms and they natively don't have that. Um, you know, it's it, it's just, it's really, really nice. So um, it's something that we should appreciate. And, uh, you know, a lot of engineers spend a lot of time on it. And, <laughs> you know, be thankful for that. Yep. Agreed. Um, okay. Yeah. And so, so, yeah, this is kind of another reason why your data source is important uh, mm-hmm. because it is what is responsible for providing these views to your UI collection view through this function yep makes sense yep okay um what's next uh let's see let's we could talk about the layout object okay right so this is this this is different from a table view now like we're getting this yes yeah earlier we were talking about stuff that's very similar to table views but now this is completely separate right yes right because you know your layout and in table view your layout is your layout right like they all Mm -hmm. like i said kind of look the same um not so with the UI collection view. Okay. So your layout object is what is tasked with uh, managing the organization and location of all items and supplementary views, which are like your headers and footers, inside your UI collection view. Okay. Um, so something to keep in mind is that it doesn't actually apply the information itself. It only gives your UI collection view object the information and then your UI collection view object is what applies it. So you can think of it as like a visual data source, right? Like your, your, your actual data source is providing the data. Um, Your layout object is saying, put that data in these places. Okay. I've heard of something called um, a flow layout is, Mm -hmm. uh, is that what, like, (laughs) would that be a collection view layout type? I believe so. Um, okay. I didn't come across it too much uh, in this. I, I did hear about it tangentially. I don't have anything in the show notes hard and fast about it, so I don't really okay. want to speak to it one way or the other because okay. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't want to give bad information. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I believe a flow, a flow layout will let you uh, kind of define your layout a little more stringently. Okay. Um, yeah. Like you could I- actually say, you know, I'm going to have, you know, three columns, four columns. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of having it just kind of be based on size. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I went to um, a few meetups. Uh, it's actually months ago now, but you know, it's it's funny when you think about meetups. It, they happen like once a month or twice a month, so it's a few months going by is fairly recent. Uh, but uh, I know uh, Josh did one on uh, UI collection views, and so did Yuriv. And I think they both used uh, flow layouts, and I think they were using it for this layout object, uh, which okay. makes sense. I mean, it's in the name. Um, and so I was just curious about it. Um, yeah, yeah, actually, I think it's something you can uh, set in Interface Builder, 
right? Like you can you can define like which layout you want to use. And I think uh, you can choose between like a UI collection view flow layout or like a custom layout that you've defined. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you set a flow layout, you can also kind of configure the scrolling direction. Oh, gotcha. So you can that say how you, how you want to scroll um, and whether uh, the flow layout has header and footer, footer views. Um, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's kind of what I remember about, about flow layouts. Gotcha. All right. Cool. Uh, let's see. Um, so yeah, what's next? Um, okay. So you start talking about uh, interface builder a lot uh, or a little bit. Uh, you know, can we dive into that? Like what can you set up? in interface builder um with your collection view um well like i said you can you can set the layout and you can also set items right uh so you can give it the number of prototype cells this also mirrors the way a a table view is set up um Hmm. you can you can give it prototype cells and kind of like define your layout in that prototype cell and um all of your cells moving forward will kind of follow that that layout as well Okay, so can you do static cells like we can do in Table View? I don't remember. I'm not sure, honestly. Okay. So mm-hmm. if anybody out there knows, uh, and you know, last time we talked about that about Table Views, uh, we had some strong opinions about whether or not you should actually <laughs> do that. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm curious. Um, you know, especially uh, with uh, stack layouts, uh, you know, the way they are now, um, in uh, in IB uh, Interface Builder. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just uh, I'm curious if uh, people do if it exists. You know, can you do static uh, collection views? Because I never have, and uh, if you should, um, because uh, <laughs> I know with the like I said, we with table view there are some strong opinions on whether or not you should do that. Right. Um, <laughs> it'll be yeah. it'll be interesting to hear everybody else's take on it, or yeah. you know whether they even care or not. Yeah, like yeah, this seriously. is this is something I don't see that often, so I I have no opinion one way or the other. Yeah. All right. Um, well, I we're running a little low on time because mm-hmm. uh, we actually um, you know have some stuff that we need to do tonight outside of the podcast. <laughs> um, but uh, there's one thing I want to touch on. I don't know. I don't think we have time to really go deep into it. Uh, there is also a delegate for the UI collection view. And uh, mm-hmm. that's where you're going to implement uh, if a user selected a cell and, uh, you know, how you do editing and stuff like that. Um, it's very similar to the UI table view. Um, so take a look at that. And, uh, you know, if you, those are the kind of things you want to do. Just remember there's, you know, the data source and, of course, the, the delegate as well. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> so UI collection view, I know we kept bringing up table views. Mm-hmm. And... The reason I wanted to is because a lot of times as a developer, you can kind of get stuck with what you know, right? Mm -hmm. Like, well, I I can implement a table view in half an hour. Why would I want to try with a collection view? I think it's very important to kind of highlight the similarities between a table view and a collection view um, as far as like the setup goes. Because it would maybe remove some of that barrier to entry, right? Like if you know if you already know how to work with a table view, you're kind of most of the way there with a collection yeah. view. And um, you know, putting in the extra time to learn how this collection view works isn't 
isn't a bad thing. It'll probably pay off in the long run. Um, I'm really happy we covered this tonight, even you know if we may have kind of struggled a little bit because we're we're both uh, you know unfamiliar with it. And yeah, yeah. the reason we may be unfamiliar with it, or at least speaking for myself, is I just default to table views. Yeah, I do I the just same think, thing. I just think create a table view because what I need is to show data on the screen. And you do that with a table view. Well, yep. there's there's this entire other thing over here, this collection view. You can also do this. And I never think of it, right? So I, yeah. I think it's important to talk about that, you know, table views are like collection views. And now I'm hoping moving forward. Uh, when it comes time to show something on a screen, I will at least consider collection views before just you know going with the old trend through <laughs> table view. Yeah, I'm I'm really glad you mentioned that because uh, yeah, I fall into the same trap uh, where you know I know table views like the back of my hand, and so I'm just going to do that when I need to display a lot of data, uh, and also thinking about you know the kinds of devices that we use. Uh, mm-hmm. It just you know they're if you're talking about an iPhone, they're rectangle, you know, black rectangles that are long and narrow. So I would expect that a table view would work best for that. <laughs> so what if you are scrolling up and down and within a section you have even more things that you want to condense down? Do you want to be able to you want to scroll up and down in a cell of a table view? Like have a table view within a <laughs> table view? No, you don't want to do that. Um, and that's, I, I know that came up recently at work and it was like, oh, obvious, let's use a, a collection view for that. Or, <laughs> you know, we can basically put a table view, but go left to right instead of up and down. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's already <laughs> built out for us. Why, why are we trying yeah. to reinvent the wheel here? Yeah. Um, unfortunately I'm not working on that feature, so I'm not as familiar <laughs> with it. Um, yeah, in fact, uh, all my experience with, uh, UI collection view is from all the way back, uh, when I was making an iOS seven app. And, uh, so I honestly, I really rarely use collection views and, uh, it's one of those things that, you know, I gotta, I gotta keep trying it. Plus I I know there's a lot of really cool animation stuff you can do with UI collection views too. (laughs) Right. And we're not mentioning that at all right now because we just don't have time. (laughs) Uh, so I guess Zach, we're going to have to do another episode on UI collection view in the future. You know, that, that deeper dive that works for me. Um, Another reason why I'm happy we covered this tonight is because, you know, because you and I are both unfamiliar with it, we may have struggled a little bit. Um, and for people listening to our podcast, you know, people, those people tend to be newer to Swift or still learning Swift. And it's easy to listen to a lot of, uh, you know, experts and expect uh, that they know everything. Right. And you, it makes you feel kind of discouraged and further behind. And, you know, that's not necessarily the case. Yeah. That's true. Um, There's a, I mean, there, there is so much that, uh, both of us don't know yet. Uh, (laughs) it it would be impossible for us to know everything about all this stuff. Uh, and yet here we are with a podcast and we're (laughs) telling people (laughs) about this stuff. And not only Uh, that, but we are, we are both employed as Swift developers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like we get paid to do this and, you know, I, a collection view, I could probably get one up and running, um, and not too much time, but you know, there would be a a learning curve there. 
Sure. Yeah. And I, I would feel very confident that if somebody asked me to do it, I could totally do it. But I, it's not like I could sit down and do it without help. I would be the first thing I would do is get on to like all of the we mentioned the resources earlier. Uh, I would get on to blog posts and I would get on to tutorials and I would run through a couple tutorials. And that's what you got to do in this business. And yes. yeah, I, and, yeah, and doing that doesn't make you less of a developer. Not at all. That's that is what I wanted to say. That's kind of like my my personal pet peeve is, you know, people who kind of get uh, up on a soapbox about that stuff and say, well, you had to you had to look up documentation. Don't you just know all of this? No, I don't. And that's that's okay. Yeah, Yeah. that goes to the the, interviews and stuff like that that we've we've talked about before. Right. Uh, where it's just ridiculous when uh, somebody asks you a question and expect you to know this esoteric thing in documentation. We as developers don't do that because uh, we don't memorize everything. It would just be impossible to memorize everything and uh, not a good idea either, really. Mm-hmm. Free your brain up to do more important things than that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, tonight's episode was what it was. I'll be happy to jump into it again. I think, you know, it may be warranted. Um, but I also think it's it's an important episode to have out there. Yeah, totally. All right. So, uh, Zach, do we have any shout outs this week? No, no. For like the second or third week in a row, no new ratings, oh, no man. new reviews. It makes me sad inside. Yeah. Do, do, do people not listen to Mike's words, uh, you know, during the, the song? I, I guess not. Ah, oh, so sad. All right. Well, <laughs> we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we hear from you on Twitter. So we, we do have some shout outs there, but we usually yep. put that in follow up. Uh, but yeah, thanks for listening. And um, thank you, Sentry, for uh, supporting us. And we'll see you all next week. Y'all have a good one. It's such a good feeling to be at the end. A happy feeling that there may have been a mistake or two. So we'd like to hear from you Twitter's great, Breaker might beat it Email's fine, but we rarely read it But we love five-star reviews And we promise to mention you So get a pen and write this down <laughs> Just kidding, who's got pens around? Still they'd love to hear from you Steve Berard and Zach Phil you Tweet at Zach and have some fun at T-F-A-L-G, all you do one. At T-F-A-L-G, all you do one. He'll write back when his work is done. Tweet it, Steve, and you will see. Clever use of the emoji. At S-W-B, E-R-A-R-D. Fireside Swift has its own handle. So you can burn three sides of the candle. At Fireside underscore Swift. Fireside underscore Swift And if your message is a little too long There's FiresideSwift at gmail.com And FiresideSwift.com FiresideSwift.com Tell me about uh, Although, you know, so we brought cookies to the fire department. Um, uh-huh. That was one of the many things we did today. And, um, you know, the girls, we knocked on the door, firemen opened, the girls said Merry Christmas, handed the cookies, and they were like, uh, do you want to come in and see the firehouse and take a look at the, the fire trucks and everything? We were like, uh-huh. um, 
Sure. So we got like this full on private tour of our our, our oh, wow. local fire department. They were, uh, <clears throat> you know, they opened the doors up, put the girls in the fire truck, had them like look at all the stuff. They were explaining how every like piece of equipment works on the fire truck, what it's used for. Um, they went That's into like cool. really like crazy detail to a five and a three year old, and Emma was just yeah, like, "Yeah, yeah, no, that sounds great." They showed us the jaws of life. <laughs> um, oh, jeez! Like they yeah. went all out, and then uh, all for cookies, all for cookies, all for cookies. Um, <laughs> and you know they opened the the driver's side door, and um, <clears throat> they asked the girls if they wanted to get in the front, and they were like, "Sure." So the fireman was lifting the girls into the driver's seat of the fire truck, and all of a sudden the alarm went off. Oh, no. And he was like, um, all right, time for y'all to, to come down. We gotta go do a thing. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta do the thing. <laughs> okay, yeah. Let's let's uh, get them out. <laughs> that's nice. No, they're going with, you know, you just <laughs> taught them everything they need to know. Just put a helmet on, they know how to work all the equipment. Um we can point you to the jaws of life, we're fine. Yeah, yeah, they're good to go. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I I'm still tired from uh the hustling code thing on Saturday. Yeah, tell me all about that. Um, so it was, it was more fun than I expected. I'll say that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, well, I mean like, uh, so yeah, I, as we got closer to the event, it, it worried me more and more, you know, and I, I mentioned this to you before. Um, right. Cause you know, you know we, we talked about on the show and we, you know, privately you and I talked about it. Yeah. You sounded like you were kind of on the fence about going. Yeah. Cause well, I mean like. So it was Garrick's idea, right? And uh, and yeah, I, I the way he pitched it to me it was like, you know, we're we're going to be helping out the community, which is great. I want to do that, mm-hmm. but I got the impression that I'd be helping them out with what I could do, right? You know, right, which is mobile development, <laughs> right? And <laughs> the um, stuff, the stuff that you're good at, right? Yes, and and, and then as um, more information about this came to light. <laughs> It was like, you know, mostly web development and then this uh, MIT app creator thing. It's right. only for Android yeah. and it's like some sort of web based thing. Um, <laughs> okay. Know, so not, not your vi- typical visual. not your typical IDE. Yes, not your typical IDE. It's all done on the web. Um, not yeah, and I, I didn't have any time to learn it because <laughs> I I'm busy after work. Um, and so uh, you know, it, it, it was it was starting to concern me as we got closer, mm-hmm. and um, uh, get there, and we get the, everything set up. And a like the first thing that was like, you know, ma- made me think, oh, this is what what not what I was expecting was uh, in a good way was that I was expecting, okay, Google's providing laptops, it's going to just be a bunch of Chromebooks, right? And it's 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 going to suck. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we get it, and there's there all these MacBook Pros. I mean, there's really? like uh, Google uh, donated, not donated, but like loaned um, like over a hundred, uh, like 15 inch, uh, like two, that, the 2015 model, you know, the right the, with the old keyboard, <laughs> the, the um, good keyboard, the keyboard. Everyone yeah, the likes. good keyboard. Yeah. yeah so the, the computer that everybody likes, uh, they they uh, they loaned like over a hundred of those. Uh, I was like, wow. And then um, who else uh, loaned? Oh, USC loaned a bunch of computers too and I, there may have been some some loan from other people too but mm-hmm. those were the two big players was google and usc mm-hmm. uh usc loaned like uh it was kind of a 
a wide variety, but it was like mostly <laughs> MacBook Airs and maybe some 13-inch uh, MacBook Pros. But it wasn't mm-hmm. like what Google. Loaned. I was about to say, yeah, it was. It wasn't Google level uh, loaners. Yeah, it wasn't Google level. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was all Macs, and that that really surprised me. That was like the number one thing. It was like, whoa, okay. Um, and then um, another thing about this was uh, the way it was also pitched to me was that there was going to be people leading, you know, everything. And then we as developers were just going to help the students with the programming part. Mm-hmm. Well, it turned out that the developers were really the ones leading. Like the, you got in charge of four kids and like, that's <laughs> you're leading them. Like you're the whole time you're with them and it's like, you're, you're guiding them along. So it's like, it was more than just programming, which right. actually, in hindsight, is oh, that's kind of cool. That like, is I really don't have cool. To fo- focus on being a programmer. And wh- like, what was the objective? Like you're leading them to do what? Like build an app? Like flesh yes. out an app? Yeah. Well, like what? Because yeah. uh, so I guess taking a step back, um, what were the skill levels of the the kids? Is it like just completely new? Yeah. So the idea was like high school, junior high to high school. Okay. Um, inner city so mm-hmm. you know some of these kids like never even got to they don't have computers at home they don't really get right. to you know do anything with it they've never programmed before um although some of the groups i saw and talked to um you know some of the kids had actually like taken uh you know cs courses in their high schools um but uh so it wasn't like as uh stark as like you know they've never used a computer before <laughs> right um, yeah I mean, in this day and age, it would have surprised me, honestly, to see mm-hmm. somebody who's never used a computer before. But, um, you know, it could happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, for sure. And, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, like, the the goal of the day was it was uh, pitched as a, a hackathon, mm-hmm. um, which that was another, like, red flag for me because it's like <laughs> I've never had a good experience at a hackathon before. Right. Stay um, up 24 hours and try to push something out really quickly. and Yeah. And so it was like... Really, we'd only get four hours to do something, and they're like, uh, you know, in four hours, come up with an MVP, and they're going to get judged, and there's, like, prizes and stuff like that. I'm like, mm. wait, wait, MVP? Like, obviously, you don't mean that. Uh, <laughs> which, which means prototype, yeah. not MVP. Give me screens with some yeah. buttons that, like, make transitions, yeah. and then tell me what happens when you push the buttons. Yeah. Right? Like, that, exactly. that level. <laughs> come up with an idea and show it in some fun way. Right. Um, and maybe if you could, you know, work on a little bit of coding, too, the better. And so, like... <laughs> MVP. Uh, yeah, so the way it was pitched was, like, all off from what it actually was. Right. And uh, it turns out, like, there wasn't a whole lot of pressure. It was, like, you know, uh, the theme was um, economic justice, which I think is maybe a little too... Um, it's kind of heavy. That's a pretty heavy topic. It's a, for, very, it's a very heavy topic for, for your first... For high school. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for, for your high first school app. junior high. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was the theme. So you could go... There's quite a few things obviously you can do, but it was like, what can you do to help your community? That's, right. that's really what the theme was. I, I yeah, but they they use the term economic justice, um, and uh, so it was like, all right, we sit down with uh, our kids. You know, we were introduced to our kids, and actually, my, I ended up in a group of only two kids because um, every like they expected more, and they were like expecting them to trickle in, mm-hmm. but. Uh, it just, I guess it just didn't get full. So okay. some groups were, were lighter than others and uh, mine ended up only being two and uh, a couple other groups that I was with uh, mm-hmm. or around had only two. Yeah. So, um, 
next year hopefully be more people uh that'd be cool yeah Um, but um yeah so we sit down with them and first like get to know them you get like an hour to like just talk and like see what their interests are what you know introduce them to you let them know what you do and you know kind of get them excited like let them let them open up a little bit Mm -hmm. and then uh then the next like uh half hour to an hour you go okay so you're interested in these kind of things let's see what we can do for an idea like if we were going to make an app or you were going to make an app what would you do and it's like it's you know the the, there was to me there was no pressure it wasn't like the way um maybe you and i would approach a hackathon where it's like (laughs) oh that idea's already been taken or anything like that it was like all right well for instance my, my kids um they came up with the idea of like a find my friends app Mm-hmm. And I'm like, in, in my head, I'm like, yeah, that already exists. <laughs> and Apple has that. So it's like, <laughs> you're reinventing the wheel, kids. But I'm not going to say that. Like, if that's what they want to do. Cool. Let's do it. Well, okay. I want to stop you real quick because I've, sure. I've had this internal, uh, I guess, struggle with myself. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're right, right? Like, it's really hard to go out and you have an idea for a project, but you see that it's already done. Mm-hmm. I I've thought about it a lot, and I don't think that necessarily means you shouldn't do it. Um, yeah. I know, I know. Like, if you're going up against something like a, a Facebook or an Instagram, like you know, set well, you're your not gonna, you're set not, your expectations accordingly, right? You're um, not going to win a hackathon with that, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> but a, I'm just saying, like, came up with it. I'm just saying, like, yeah. I I think the answer I landed on is even if it has already been done, just give it a shot like you know yes it's okay that it's been done before it doesn't mean that no one else can do it again yeah in in fact oftentimes that means that there's validation that's a good idea right and i mean like don't make a carbon copy clone like that is probably a bad idea you gotta have something that's different right like it's it's facebook but it does this or it's uber for dog walking or something you know that's um, and that's not a bad idea i'm sure that's been done (laughs) yeah it is it's it's wag Uh, okay there you go (laughs) yeah they're they're based here in hollywood okay well you and i can make another one like that's what i'm saying like (laughs) even if you have that idea give it a shot like you don't sure Sure. As, as long as you're not putting a ton of money in it, and yeah. you're not going to lose much. Okay, but I, I digress. Proceed. <laughs> yeah, but like, so the, the those kind of pressures that you and I would put on ourselves, like, oh yeah, that's the thing. But like, you know, we're trying to win the hackathon. Mm-hmm. It's like we're trying to figure out like what the judges want. Like, I didn't feel like there was really that kind of pressure for this event. It was like, whatever the kids want to do, great. Let's <laughs> encourage them, and then like push it along as much as possible, even if it's been made already. Like, let's. Let's try. Let's and see that, what it takes to make it. That sounds perfect for for what it was, for what the event was. Like you know, if you're introducing mm-hmm. kids to to programming for the first time or mobile development, and like you know, let them yep. let them just go and build without any yeah. of the other yeah. crap that you know, like you said, kind of may get stuck in our heads. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so let me see. Uh, so that's yeah. That's, you end up like picking an idea and then it's like, all right, so decide whether it's best on the web or best in an app. And, uh, I'm glad my kids decided to do an app because, um, (laughs) I'm just not good on the web at all. Uh, it would have been a static website, (laughs) you know, (laughs) the web app would have been terrible. (laughs) Geo cities. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, uh, 
uh i think i would have used like uh event farms web creation tool <laughs> Uh, like there you use go. that um <laughs> <laughs> and just like export the html and css and just like try to use that that's probably what i would have done <laughs> um, but i'm glad i didn't need to do that um mm-hmm. so i and it, it was a a little unorganized as far as like getting the app creator stuff on the computers because um it turns out you needed to install something in order to get that working uh, like you needed to install the Android simulator mm-hmm. and that's like a 300 meg uh, thing Ooh. that wasn't installed. On, oh. so <laughs> I had to get it on these MacBook airs, oh. um, you know, on the, the net, you know, all these computers are sharing the same Wi-Fi, right? Um, which it wasn't a terrible connection. It's just like when you're downloading something, it's like, uh, well, it took when, over an hour. Yeah. Everybody's long. downloading something. Mm-hmm. And, well, yeah. and when you have four hours to do it, you know, that, yeah. that's, a quarter of your time right yep so luckily i caught that before the kids came in so oh okay uh, it, i got all the computers to start downloading it <laughs> you know all four of my computers to start downloading it and uh it wasn't until a little they, they were practicing the uh the mit app creator thing uh for about a half hour before the first one finished and i was able to get it working so it's like they were learning like what can fit together before they actually got to see it work on the emulator. Right. So it wasn't perfect, but uh, got it working. But uh, I, I will say this. I was actually really impressed with MIT App Creator. Mm-hmm. Not not because I would ever want to make an app in it. Um, I absolutely would not. And uh, it's it's got some major bugs in it and... Um, there's some usability issues with it that uh, I would absolutely disagree with uh, <laughs> if you were ever if you were ever going to use it professionally. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that being said, for kids that have never really done programming, it was one of the best interfaces I've ever seen to get somebody to uh, try something out. Why? Why was it so good? What made it so good for a newcomer? Okay, so. If you are, if you were to start programming, let's say you're going to do web development, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you open up, you have an HT, you know, you got a HTML file and it's blank. How mm-hmm. do you, you know, what do you do? Right. Like you, and you know nothing about programming. What right. Do you do? Yeah. Uh, you just get very confused and lost in Google yeah, as nothing, much as possible. There's, there's nothing, right? Like right. you have to Google, but you don't know what to Google. Um, <laughs> let's say we're starting with iOS programming. Like you start out with Xcode and you start with a blank project. What then? What do you do? Well, you stare at that blinking cursor for a solid yeah. five minutes. Um, <laughs> Maybe you go to the storyboard. You can mess around with the backgrounds and put stuff on the page. You know, right. You know, so you could do some of that, and that would actually work. And actually, that's one of the reasons I think iOS is fairly more approachable than some other things like web development. Although mm-hmm. web development does have some WYSIWYG editors and yes. whatnot, too. Uh, but you'd have to find one of those, for sure. Uh, so, MIT app creator thing um this it 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 has like the the android like uh in uh android studio like the the visual editor for the views so it has something like that so it's like storyboards so you start Mm -hmm. out with that but it's done the android way ish um where you've got like (laughs) there's rock yeah rocky's not happy about it Um, rocky doesn't enjoy it at all no no 
Uh, but uh, let's see here. Rocky, please stop. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so what was I going to say? He interrupted me. Uh, oh, so it's like linear layouts and stuff like that, only it's not exactly the same as Android. Yeah. So it's it was like halfway between web development and halfway between Android. And they tried to use the same terminology to a degree, mm-hmm. um, like match parent, but they don't use wrap content. They used automatic. And so it's like, it was, it was like weird. <laughs> um, it's like, it's like you're using some Android terms, but you're not using others. So it was very strange to me. Yeah. Um, but still like it was enough to get the kids to throw stuff on the screen. Um, and uh, you know, start to see like change background colors and add buttons and add labels and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you get to the code blocks, it was kind of confusing to get started at first. But uh, you just like let's say you've got a button on your on your activity, the view for your activity. You could drag from like you could find the button in the hierarchy and click on it, and then there's like a whole bunch of things that you could do with that button, and they're like these little code blocks and like like puzzle pieces. And you would just drag like it's like one button clicked, and it's you drag that out into this uh, white space, and in that white space, uh, you know this thing that's like on the button click, it kind of looks like a little Pac-Man sort <laughs> of uh, puzzle piece. You know, it's got a little tooth in it, mm-hmm. and <laughs> then you find something that would fit in that tooth, and you stick it in there, and it the mouth opens essentially, and it's like swallows the. <laughs> <laughs> the piece you put in there right and that's got a little jigsaw piece at the end so it's like uh i want to so like when the button clicks i want to uh change the text of a label so you the change of the text of the label would fit in the mouth with mm-hmm. the little tooth mm-hmm. so you put that there but uh you know it's uh change the text of the label to what and the what you know it you know it's it could be anything, really. It's like, so it's got this little jigsaw piece. So you go find, like, the text jigsaw piece, and you stick that there, and then you type in your text. And so you're going to change the, the text of the text of the text this label, too, and then you, you, know, you put whatever that text is, the string. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was, it was kind of neat because it's like it showed what you could do, what you shouldn't do. It wasn't obviously you could do everything, but it had a lot of things. It had enough to get started, and uh, you could even make functions with it. Uh, they called them procedures for some reason. Um, <laughs> uh, proc was it procedures or was it procs? Like because I've I've actually seen the word proc. Um, I, th- I thought it was called procedure. I mean, it, it could be uh, the where I work now. Um, oh, the I'm web- sorry. I kept calling it app creator. It's app inventor. I'm app inventor. Right okay. Uh, well, where yeah. I work, where I work now, all of their web and backend stuff is in um, a language that I had never heard of before I started. <laughs> it's uh, TCL or or Tickle, okay. Um, okay. and uh, all of their their functions are procs, right? So you write a proc okay. to do a thing. So okay. that's it was funny because that's like the first I'm sure there's many other programming mm-hmm. languages that languages that use that verbiage but I had never heard of one before and so no, it's funny that this, you say procedure. This actually says procedures. Okay. Yeah. yeah, procedures. And then you drag it in it says to procedure and you could change the name of the procedure and then you could drag in your variables. Yeah. Oh wow. So you got control, logic, math, text, lists, wow. colors, variables procedures and then you got your screen 
And so it's like they don't call them activities or anything or views or anything. They call them screens. Mm -hmm. And so if I had a button on my screen, it would be in the hierarchy of screen one. And I would drag that button over Mm -hmm. and uh, on button click and stuff like that. And it's got some pseudocode in it. Yeah. Um, So it's like you kind of can see what's going on. And it's kind of familiar. So it wasn't Mm -hmm. too hard to learn and to be able to guide the the students but Mm -hmm. um yeah but what was really neat was kind of show them some stuff help them if they had any questions but really it was neat (laughs) watching them just try things it was so because of the way this is done and how simple it is to use it was very conducive to them just try it and then see if it worked try this thing and see if it worked and it was just really neat to watch is where i didn't really need to do a whole lot um you know for you know for a lot of it It was and i actually didn't want to i wanted to back off and let them try Mm -hmm. and see if they had any questions and i would help if they any questions that is fantastic uh, so um how much how much help did you end up giving like if if they said you know i want this screen to add one and one like Mm -hmm. was it easy or was it intuitive to use the tool and say okay create a procedure that takes in two parameters and then returns an integer well yeah we actually we didn't end up using procedures at all uh there was a point in time when we could have um and and yeah it it didn't actually we didn't really need it for our what we ended up doing okay um but we did find a bug uh, with, uh, <laughs> okay, so they are yeah. official developers now. <laughs> yeah, so we end up adding a uh, a map view mm-hmm. into uh, into our our screen, and um, and we wanted to like, of course, this is the friend finder thing. So if you click on a button, wanted it to pan like open up a new activity, um, at, well, a new screen. I'm sorry, it's technically not an activity. It definitely did not work like an activity. So it was fragment or a web view one or the mm-hmm. other probably a yeah. web view i don't i don't think it was actually even a fragment um and so uh you would have they wanted it to click a button essentially open a new screen and then that screen would have the map view and then it would zo- you know zo- pan over to where that friend was and then zoom in and uh show a little marker on the screen so you could see where they were yeah and what was happening was uh, because they weren't, this is my theory, because they weren't exactly using the Android lifecycle. Mm-hmm. Um, when you would say to pan when the screen initialized, it was too soon, maybe? And it wouldn't pan all the way to where you were telling it to pan <laughs> to. It literally took. Three like so I ended up putting in a button like reload <laughs> a reload uh. button and so you had to hit the button twice more after you got to the screen to get it to go all the way to where it was supposed to go. Nice. It was really weird. It would like stop like ten miles away from the the, the dot, <laughs> and then you hit it again and get five miles away, and then you hit it again, and then it would finally get onto the the thing. So it's like it was so weird. You like title you can title the button like getting there closer. Yeah, closer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was so weird. And so um yeah, kind of what happened was uh we figured out if we if we had if we had it zoomed out far enough to begin with, when it would open the screen, it would zoom 
close enough that you would see the marker but you'd be you know really far away so you couldn't see streets or anything like that mm-hmm. and so the the button to reload was renamed to zoom in really so, so you click the button and really? it would zoom in and it worked that, that actually worked <laughs> so and it looked kind of cool and it still got turned into a feature instead of a bug there you go that's that's yeah. good thinking that's thinking like a developer <laughs> yeah yeah and actually i didn't even do that like they did that and i was like oh that's cool like that yeah, is good job. no that's yes yeah it sounds yeah. like a naturals yeah uh, <laughs> so it ended up being a lot of fun it was a it was an all-day thing though um mm-hmm. so because of parking they encouraged us to get there at 7 a.m <laughs> and it was like about oh. 30 to 40 minutes away yeah um, so, you, so you had an early morning saturday yeah, and so Raghav and I decided to carpool, and we didn't want to leave that early, so we left around 7 instead. <laughs> right. um, and I kind of wish we left a little early because we got parking pretty far away. It kind of stank. Um, it wasn't terrible, but, you know, it was kind of far away. We well, that was the that was the trade-off you made, though, right? Like, mm-hmm. you yep. sleep in for an extra half hour, but walk an extra mile or whatever yeah, it was. It's like a quarter of a mile it wasn't wasn't terrible oh well then that's uh, that's a trade-off i would take yeah yeah it was it wasn't bad um but the thing was we really didn't need to be there till 10 oh. so, <laughs> so that was kind of the thing that was like they encouraged us to get there that early and there was some setup to do but really not a whole lot so <laughs> we ended up just sitting around talking for a long time which was fun i mean that yeah. was nice you got to meet some of the other developers that came in yeah um but uh, and then it went all the way till six, and Whoa. it was actually continuing to go on because they were judging, and the judging was supposed to start at four thirty, but they took so long that they were still judging tables at six, mm. and I had a dinner to go to at seven, so oh, I was yeah. like, "All right, six o'clock, I got to get out of here," <laughs> and right. so. Yeah, you know, they were still going. I was like, I, I got to leave. Um, well, do you know how your group did? No, I don't. Oh, what? No yeah. one no one was there to give you any information? or uh, There were some people who stayed, so I'm going to have to ask them if they stayed long enough to see the results and yeah. see you know, if the groups ever got told how they did yeah. or just the winners got told what they did. Uh, <laughs> so I'll, I'll ask those people, but uh, yeah, I couldn't stay to the end. Well, it sounds like you had a good time, and it sounds like a really interesting um, event. Yeah, yeah, and I would do it again, actually. Um, I just probably would not stay the whole day like that. That was just (laughs) really, it it was really exhausting. There was quite a few people who came in, were there for half a day, and then left. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think it would have been better if there was a group of people that could come in for the other half of the day, like stay towards the end, Yeah, um, to kind of relieve some people, because... Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I actually, we, my group had two, uh, two programmers leading it. So it's like, it was kind of nice, like to have a partner, uh, to help, you know, one of the, the kids while I was helping the other one. Um, that yeah, was great. I was they actually, had one-on-one was, attention. Yep. Yep. And I was actually floating between two groups for a while cause we didn't have developers for them. And then two, de- two developers came in late, so they got to take over that table. So, uh, it worked out, but, uh, it would have been nice to also have the other way around where it was mm-hmm. like you know another developer comes in later and it's like you can get relieved but yeah yeah. well that's awesome it sounds like a success 
Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's just neat seeing kids get excited about coding. Um, oh, for sure. Because they could be excited about all sorts of things. And you know, <laughs> this is the kind of thing that we're passionate about. And uh, I think <laughs> right. they'll do, do them well. So Yeah, you get to... It's fun watching other people get excited about the things you're excited about. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, you can exactly. kind of feed off of that a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Awesome. Yep. <laughs>